My name is Kim Chill, and I'm the voice behind this podcast. Well, I decided it was going to be a podcast because the truth is, something strange happened to me. Let me explain. About two weeks ago, my doorbell rang about eight o'clock in the morning. My partner had left for her work an hour ago, and I wasn't expecting anyone. I usually don't. The truth is, because of my mental illness, I don't work. So wondering who it might be, expecting it to be Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. I peeked through the people and I was a little shocked. It was dark, you see. I live in an apartment on the fourth floor with motion sensor lights outside my door. It would light up the whole hallway if there was anyone there, but I saw nothing. Thinking it was maybe something wrong with it, I opened the door just to be sure there wasn't someone standing there in the darkness waiting with a smile and a pamphlet wondering if I had heard about the word of God. As soon as I opened the door, the motion sensor went into action and the lights turned on. There was no one there, just a hint of a strange smell I couldn't quite put my finger on at the time. Maybe one of my neighbors was cooking something. Thinking it was all in my mind, I was about to close the door when the light flickered. And I could swear right then and there, for a second, I heard the sound of chains raking over the concrete floor. I looked down and I saw a package. I hadn't seen it when I opened the door, but there it was. With a letter on top, addressed to Kim Chill. There was no return address and I didn't seem like it was sent by mail. Someone had come up here and delivered it by hand. At the time, I didn't think about it, but it occurs to me now. There was no sound of feet down the stairs, nor the sound of the front door of the block closing. I took the package and the letter and closed the door, making sure it was locked. I opened the package first, thinking that if it was a bomb, I wanted to make sure it didn't go off because of a timer or something like that. I've seen too many action movies of that happening, where the hero reads the letter or something, and just when they're finished, it reads, Bon Voyage, or something like that, and they have to jump out of a window or run behind a refrigerator. I have a lot of time on my hands, as I don't work, and I'm starting to believe that my imagination is run by ADHD cats. The package contained a Röde NT1 microphone, a pop filter, and a Scarlett 2i2 sound card to hook up to the computer. Bewildered, I opened the letter. It was not handwritten, and it said in English. Dear Kim Chill, this might be sounding very strange, but the truth is, the world is very strange and much different than what you think. I will explain the letters to come, but I need you to record what I'm going to write to you and put it into the internet. The world needs to know. With this letter is a starting equipment to make this happen. Make a YouTube series or something like that. I will leave those details up to you. You might be wondering, why you? Well, I must say it was random. I literally tossed a dart onto the world map and it landed on Norway. And I looked for a name that would interest me, and Kim Chill is a strange name. Having chill in it. I hope you could read and understand English. If not, I guess someone else you know is reading this by now, and hey, thank you for reading this to Kim. 
How did you get that name, by the way? Were you born with it? Or did you get it when you were older? You might think this is a prank or maybe a conspiracy nut job that needs some new way of getting to people. But I assure you, all that I'm going to write to you is true. I won't tell you my real name, but you can call me Brendan. My favorite movies growing up was the Mummy series, and I'm pretty sure Brendan Fraser and Lara Croft and Nathan Drake are the reason I became what I am today. And what I am is, well, a cross between an archaeologist and an adventurer, I guess you could say. It's vague, I know, but it's most for my own protection. If I told you too much about myself, people will end up finding out who I am and how to get to me. The truth is, we're all in danger. More so than you or I will ever know, and I have started to know more than most. You can say no if you want to, Kim. I won't hold it against you. Hell, if this happened to me, I would most likely put away the package and toss away the letter. But humor me for a spell? I have always had an obsession when it comes to the dark arts of movies and books. The cults hiding from the world's view and controlling it all behind dark masks and robes. I blame it again on the movies and games I grew up with. So it wasn't too far-fetched that I comb both the dark and the light web for something that might be true. When I came across one thing that piqued my interest. It was on the lighter side of the dark web, if you can believe that it exists. Should we call it the grey web? I saw an article from someone claiming they had proof that there was a secret cult that expanded between the different places of the world, that the cult even had a toe in many different religions of the world. The person wrote that if we wanted to see the proof, we could find it inside the fires of freedom. I must admit, it took me a while before I understood what they had meant about the fires of freedom. My first thought was the fires of Prometheus the one he gave mankind, and I had no idea where I was supposed to get that fire, or how I would find the proof by staring inside a flame. My second guess was the Olympic flames, as the person mentioned that this conspiracy expanded to different countries of the world. It would explain why the fires of Olympic games are from the same place it has always been, and then on to wherever the Olympic was. Though it suddenly came to me, not because of the fires of the Greek gods, the Olympic flames are from the sun rays outside the temple of Hera, but their counterparts in Rome. Also, how the flames of the Olympics are carried by struck my mind. There is a flame representing enlightenment and freedom, or rather a torch, that has been closed for the public to access for about 107 years. I needed to get to New York and climb a statue of a Roman goddess. The trip to New York took me some hours, but I believe it was going to be worth it. Not only because it was actually an adventure, I had craved one for years. Not just do months and months on different archaeology sites, slowly but steadily undigging history. It's an important work, Kim. But believe me when I say it's not action-packed like in the movies. I kind of feel robbed because of that expectation. But now, now I had something. A mystery. Well, there was a good chance that when I got to the Statue of Libertas, it would all be a hoax. It wasn't. Having made sure that I got into the torch part of the statue, oh, did you know that it was a narrow ladder to get up there? I always imagined it was a spiral staircase. I must say it surprised me. Even more when I got up that the inside looked all newish. 
I didn't know at the time, but the torch had been replaced some years back. When I got up, I did find something behind the huge light bulb, if we're going to call it that. It was a metal box with a symbol upon it. It looked like a circle with chains wrapping around it. The box was a small lock box with a padlock. I decided then to take it with me. It was better than me trying to pry it open while doing something illegal as being inside the torch of the great lady. The ferry back to the mainland I started to feel a bit uneasy. It was getting late as I was on the last trip and I started to get a feeling that the eyes of the world suddenly shifted towards me. For a split second between me blinking as I closed my eyes, it seems like everyone on the ferry was looking straight at me. Looking at me with eyes that bore no pupils. My own eyes shot back open and I looked around frantically. It had been all in my head. It must have. I was just tired. No one was watching me. People were mostly looking down at their cell phones. I guess three hours of restless sleep will do that to you. As I embarked the ferry, it didn't take long for the Uber driver to drive me towards the Airbnb I had gotten in Jersey. Getting the padlock open took longer than I thought, mostly because I believed it was just like in the movies. Find a hammer, bang on it twice, and ta-da, it was open. I did find a hammer in the closet, and in the end, I did get the padlock open. I was just hoping no one would call the police about some noise coming from the neighbor that sounded like a maniac episode of cursing and metal against metal. As I removed the now broken padlock, it felt like everything just got muted. Again, just for a split second. The light above me, shining from the ceiling, dimmed. The sound of cars, people and animals outside dampened. Like that one scene from Lord of the Rings when Gandalf was angry at Bilbo. I turned quickly and looked up, the LED lights still shining as brightly as before. The mind can truly play tricks on you when you are sleep deprived. Turning the attention back towards the box, I opened it carefully, expecting some lights to almost shine through and illuminate my face. To my disappointment there was no such thing but the inside of the lockbox was etched with different words in different languages. I knew some of them. I could spot Greek, Latin, Persian and old hieroglyphics and a flash drive. If this was a hoax, I must admit that the person on the grey web must truly love his work. Who in the right mind, or maybe that's the thing, would make time to etch those things into the metal of a lockbox? Like a cheap copy of an old box found in the tombs of a pharaoh or something. What I could find about the etches was it that it repeated. Parasidium, that was Latin for protection. Apoto, that was Greek meaning against. Sefid, Persian word for white. And then the eye of Ra. A chill went down my spine. Protection against the white eyes. It had to be a coincidence. It had to. I quickly took the flash drive from the lockbox and I closed it. This was becoming more eerie than fun. I needed a drink. I poured myself one as I turned on my laptop. I would have lied to you if I said that my gaze didn't linger on the metal box sitting on the counter of the Airbnb every five seconds. 
Taking a huge sip of the glass, I put the flash drive into the laptop, and immediately it was like my computer came alive. It started to suddenly and systematically turn off my Wi-Fi, and I'm pretty sure it was now searching and destroying files. I cursed as I pulled the flash drive away, but it was too late. I had been bamboozled, as they said back in the day. And this stupid chase of an adventure had not only ruined my laptop, but also cost me more money than I cared to admit. I watched in horror as my laptop went dark, before a number flashed on the screen, with a timer counting down from two minutes. I recognized the number. It was coordinates. As I hurriedly tried to find a notepad and pen, I must admit I cursed a bit more. I could hear my mother telling me to put the money in the swear jar. Even to this day, when I visit her, I have to do it. She's making a fortune on me, I'm pretty sure. I managed to find what I needed, and I wrote down the coordinates. I had still one minute left on the clock when I was done. And as it ticked down from one minute, I saw a shape of yellow and red start to appear around the numbers. It was the ring with chains wrapped around it. Before it died. My laptop truly died. I tried to restart it. I tried the power cable. Nothing. It was like the battery was dead. My files, work on archaeology sites that I hadn't put in a cloud or anything were on that laptop. My mom was going to have a biggie swear jar after tonight. Punching in the numbers on Google, it turned out that it was in Athens. Where in Athens? I won't say yet. I need to know if you will do what I told you, Kim. And if you do, and put this on the internet, I will continue to send you these letters. If not, I must seek other people who would like to do it. I will give you some time to think. About a week or two. And if I find it online, you can expect a new letter soon after this has aired. Anyway, as this letter is getting long, I will wrap it up. I got myself a new laptop when I came home from New York. I still have the flash drive and the lockbox. And to be honest, I didn't know if I was going to pursue this any longer. Either someone was having a laugh with me, got my laptop destroyed and made me spend money to get to New York and back. Or this was real, and a mystery of a secret cult that had its fingers in different places and religions of the world was true. And this person had put out the one lead that he was sure was proof of its existence. What made me decide was about three weeks later. I had brushed it all under a rug and I was getting ready to travel to a new dig site they had found in Newfoundland, when I'm pretty sure that I was being followed by two people in black suits. One was a man, average Joe I would say, short white hair, medium size, and the woman had brown hair and a ponytail, actually a bit taller than the male. I don't like to drive that much, trying to save the environment as I take planes too often. But they actually followed me on foot for about 45 minutes as I was going to the train station. I turned around and I spoke to them. Why are you following me? I asked, looking straight at the female. They both wore shades. Of course they did. The black suits and the sunglasses are a scare tactic, if any. I swear, I didn't see an alien, and tell Will Smith he needs to do another banger of a song like the one from the movie. I followed up before they could even speak. 
a little jive to let them know that I wasn't afraid. But the truth is, I was nearly pissing myself. I'm sorry, sir, the female spoke, her voice stern. We are from the FBI. They both showed me the badge. Agent Patrice William and Agent Steve Thomas. What can I do for you? If those were their real names, then my name is truly Brendan Croft. We just wanted to ask you if you had been to New York about three weeks ago and visited the Statue of Liberty. I frowned a bit. I have? Why does that concern the FBI? They flipped the badges away and Steve decided to chime in. Some security saw you take a detour and walk inside the restricted area of the torch. We think you should come with us so we can get this sorted out. I blushed. Damn. I'd been seen and now I was going to get charged with something idiotic. Guys, I'm so... I stopped. And I took a step back because something wasn't right. Why hadn't the security that had seen me stopped me? Or better yet, detained me until the police came. Sir? Patrice said as I took another step back. I'm gonna call my lawyer right now. I said a little louder so the people walking around us could hear. Am I being detained? I could see the small twitches on Steve's shoulder meant that they hadn't thought this true. He was getting nervous. Sir, if you could, am I being detained? I almost screamed, trying to make a scene. Patrice was the smartest of the two. No, but don't leave the States. Here's my card. You can have your lawyer contact us and we can schedule a sit down. She gave me a card. It was her name and a phone number on it. I will. Now, please excuse me. I walked backwards about five steps as I watched them looking at me before I turned around and I could swear Steve pulled down his sunglasses. Just an inch. And all I could see, his white, milky eyes watching me. I almost screamed. I decided then and there I was going on a plane. Not to Canada, but Greece. Why is this happening? What is the secret cult doing? And am I going insane? Seeing white eyes? I hope you will publish this, Kim. If not, burn the letter. Burn it anyway when you are done recording. And forget about it ever happening. Let the box be a gift instead of an obligation and sell or use the equipment for something else. But if you do decide, understand that this might be dangerous. Anyway, wish me luck. Best regards, Brendan Croft. P.S. Be sure to say at the end of the recording that it was written and recorded by yourself. It's better that they think this is just some strange made-up thing first. For our own protection. That's the end of the letter from Brendan. It has been a week since the letter and package came to me, and I don't know if I was going to do this, but the truth is, strange things have been happening here too. After I got that package, things I'm pretty sure are just coincidence. I see more flickering lights at the time, some street lamps turning off and as I walk underneath them and then on again when I walk past. Though again, might be my paranoia and mental illness kicking in. 
I got the time on my hands and if all I have to do is record a letter and put it into a podcast, yeah, I decided podcast is the best bet. A lot of podcasts get created all the time and I see them as a drop in the ocean. Why not just try? Let's see if I get any more letters. In the meantime, take care and remember, paranoia is just a defense mechanism going into overdrive. This has been the first episode of Letters About the Untold. Written and read by Kim Chiljosta. Music by Nikolai Hagen. The places and people you hear on this podcast might be real, but the description or personality of the places and people might have been altered. This is fiction. Thank you so much for listening to my first podcast, and I do hope you enjoy it, and hope you will listen to the next episode. If you do, press that subscribe button and follow the podcast on social media. And if you can, it would be nice if you could leave a review. Until next time, beware of the flickering lights.